Hello, and welcome to the Film Design Podcast. I'm your host, Max Lincoln. Rob Nichols is a costume designer and production designer working across film, TV, and commercials. As a costume designer, he has designed features such as Urban Hymn, and as a production designer, he has worked mostly across commercials with clients including Sands, Adidas, and H&M. Yeah, so could you just explain a little bit about what you what you do? Um, so yeah, I am well. So I uh, basically started off uh, mainly in costume and styling. Um, I came about that. So I worked full time um, in um, retail, doing store design uh, for the likes of Ralph Lauren and All Saints. And then I worked uh, actually lived with a lovely lady called Susie, um, who she um, said that I should try my um, bit in um, <clears throat> her world, but she's like a freelance costume designer stylist. Um, so I took two weeks holiday off my full-time job and then um, went and assisted her for two weeks. Loved the loved the vibe of it all. Um, so yeah, so then handed my notice in and went freelance in the, first of all, in the costume and, and styling world. And um, so you also work as a production designer for Majority of League Commercials. How did you transition across to doing both? So I done um, I done a feature film uh, very very early on in my career called Shank, um, and from there uh, the producer Paul Carter um, then took me on board um, to um, go into production design. Um, first of all, I done like a a, a music video, um, and then yeah, it kind of just transpired like. That I could do both. Like I think, obviously, from uh, obviously, I went into costume and styling because obviously my friend got me involved in that, and I was her assistant for a good six months. And then after I kind of went on my own, I started to dabble in the art direction, production design world, um, and it kind of like lent its hand more on what I was doing originally in in um, in my full time job when I was employed uh, in retail. Obviously, like store design, it's kind of like designing um, areas and kind of looking at fixtures and using lots of different materials. So it kind of like it kind of married um, the production design world. So um, that's how I kind of transformed into doing both. Are you still doing lots of TV and film, or where, what's the balance like these days? So the main balance, well, uh, the film and TV has gone very quiet for me. Um, I think that. Well, uh, uh, as you know, I went to Barcelona for um, two and a half years just to take some time out, but I was still working in the industry, um, mainly doing commercials out in Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, it kind of took me out of the film and TV world for a bit, um, but I've, um, was it, uh, mid last year, I've done a a short film for um it's called running man um so it's kind of getting back into the film and tv world it's that's done really well like short film festivals um it's got uh rafferty law in it um was uh, produced by uh sadie frost and um chris turner was the director so yeah that's slowly getting back into the 
I, I want to get back into the film and TV world. Um, I miss I miss the long the longer jobs, but it's it's I think it's that I've I'm not unfortunately, but fortunately got involved with commercial directors. So it's kind of like once you get on that kind of run with them, um, you kind of like kept in that kind of world until you kind of break out and go into the film and TV again. It's really interesting that you spent some time living in Barcelona but still working in the UK. Um, how did you find that? I'm sure there are lots of um, uh, some tricky elements to that, but um, I'd love to hear more. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it worked out really well because um, I've got my very good friends back here in London um, who I'm godfather to both their children. Um, and they love in a, they live in a lovely big house in Leighton. Um, so every time I used to come back for work... Um, I used to, um, depend, very dependent on the project, but I used to kind of put aside that, okay, I needed to fly home. Um, so I'd fly home, obviously with regards to flights back from Barcelona, if you book them in time, you can get them quite cheap. Um, so yeah, so I used to, used to fly back and then stay with my friends. So they used to book me up for however long I was over. I mean, obviously majority of them were commercial, so it was not over that more than like kind of two to three weeks. Um, yeah, a lot of the pre-production stuff um, I could get done out in Barcelona. Um, I didn't necessarily have to be here. Um, I used to run quite a few Skype meetings and um, like with the directors, producers, um, I used to do a lot of Skype. And then basically when they needed me in the UK for like meetings with client and agency, I used to then fly over and be over for those meetings and it all seemed to work perfectly. Amazing. I mean, it sounds quite idyllic, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice life. It was a nice life. But I think um, where I started off quite busy in Barcelona, um, it kind of very quickly changed around again. And once I think it was like it was the weird uh, transition, like people couldn't understand because I was still saying to people that I work with here in the UK that I was available to come back. And it wasn't going to cost them money. But they I don't think they could physically get in their head how that would work. Mm. Um, but once I'd done it for a couple of directors and a couple of producers, they were like, okay, this this works. So they were like, fine, we'll book you for more jobs. And it ended up being, I was flying back more to London than I was in Barcelona. So I, I took the decision um, a year and a half ago to come back to London. So I've been back a year and a half. Regarding costume, let's say, when you get a script for a TV show, how do you begin? Like, what's the research process, or how do you first kind of find your inspiration for the looks of the characters? So, I suppose it's um, kind of getting in. Obviously, like you get the the brief, you, you speak to the director, the producer, um, get when what the period is, or where we're gonna, what what kind of whether it's urban, current day, period. Um, and then it's obviously reading the scripts, um, kind of what I do is like, obviously I try to kind of get my key characters first. So kind of work out very quickly in the script for who my key characters are. Um, and then kind of design around my key character. Um, and then everyone else kind of falls into the place around that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite an organic process. So like it, obviously, because I'm a creative, um, the writer who's involved, obviously they have specific vision of who these people are, and so does the director. So it's about working as a team. Um, obviously, 
I put my input in, they put their input in, and then obviously it's about coming to that common ground of, okay, how are we going to uh, develop this character, and how are we going to, um, how are we going to, how how are we going to make it like kind of visually um, appealing to uh, like to the the viewer, and. Um... I guess, how do you find it differing when you're working in the arts department um, when you first get a project? I guess it's more commercial based, but um, um, do you find that you're going through the same kind of routines or does it vary quite differently? No, I mean, I think both both departments, like both the costume and production design work in the same kind of way. Um, obviously, costume is more physical. You're actually dressing the character. Um with regards to production design, obviously you're looking over the bigger picture of the the set. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the I think what what's been quite nice, obviously doing both um, both jobs and both roles is I when I'm on a when I'm on a production, um, say for, say for example, I'm doing production design. Um, I'm very aware of the stylist or costume designer. Um, and what their role entails and I like to um, obviously communicate with them and kind of be like right okay so this is what I'm thinking about for the set and will that work kind of like with your like costume and then it's it's just a real nice kind of it's it's because I think it's because I've got like an understanding of that world and I wouldn't want to be kind of left out and kind of like not not do it as a whole package rather than like kind of just being like, right, this is how I'm going to design it and this is how it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, obviously, with a lot of jobs I've been doing, it's the same designer. Um, so what would you say is your favourite thing about the job? I mean, feel free to speak about either, either area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the best part about, the, I mean, it's, like, coming from a retail background where I was kind of, always the store design was <clears throat> near enough the same for every store. Do you know I mean, it was kind of like, it's almost like kind of replicating everything in a different space. So the the thing that I read about, obviously our jobs, uh, costume and production design, um, is the creativity that you get to like put yourself out, you get to expose yourself. Um, obviously every project's different, um, which is also like a, absolute bonus for me do you know what I mean because like no no two jobs are the same um and I think it's like kind of like you just get yourself into a routine of um how you kind of like as you said uh, that what was discussing earlier like the design process do you know what I mean like you kind of like right this is this is like the initial part so you kind of start on this part and then you kind of like then you kind of uh, move along and you kind of start creating um yes yeah, so, i mean it's the majority is the creativity of it and also like kind of managing my own time um i think uh when i first started my career in in film and tv and commercials i was always a yes boy so i used to say yes to a lot of projects which um i didn't really kind of necessarily get a lot of um satisfaction out so i'm very kind of like wary now of like where I kind of say yes to and I kind of see where I can where this where this project would take me um so it's and uh, it's weird like I've, I've turned down some quite big jobs but it's just like for the fact that it I, I'm not in it for the money I'm in it for like what I can kind of get out of it and what I can put my creativity into I think that's a really good outlook and it's a very lucky position to be in 
Um, but yeah, in terms of those kind of creative projects, like, are there any from the past year pre-quarantine that you'd like to mention? Um, something kind of fun or fantastic? <laughs> um, I suppose, I mean, there's there's two that kind of like stuck out majorly from last year was, so um, actually in the the completely different, so one was costume and one was production design. So I've done a really lovely piece with um, um, Adam Leon. He's a director in New York. Um, so they're doing this, uh, it's, it's like a project that's been like developed, um, starring Vanessa Kirby. Um, it's kind of a part documentary, part mockumentary of her kind of life. Um, it's actually, it's just been picture locked um, and it's going out to Sundance Film Festival. So it was just, um, yeah, it, it, the main character was obviously Vanessa, um, but it was a really nice um, piece. So basically they shot a lot of it over in New York um, where they had a stylist look after her in New York, but they weren't very happy with the stylist in New York. And then they grew the script part in, they, they expanded the script part in London. Um, so they came over and we shot for three weeks over here in London. Um, and it was just really nice to work with um, Adam and Vanessa in, in developing her uh, her character. Um, and the way that it was shot um, was beautiful. We found some really lovely locations. A lot of it was kind of like shot in a um, recording studio. So it plays out that her, um, her partner, uh, her boyfriend, um, runs a uh, um, a film, uh, not film, uh, music, um, music studio. So he, um, basically it was shot in there and a lot of, a lot of the kind of imagery that we got out of that was absolutely beautiful. So I'm really excited to see that when it's actually kind of aired and shown. Um, and then I went on to, uh, touched it earlier like Running Man um, a short film um, with Rafferty Law uh, we shot down in it's a it's it, well it's based in uh, 1996 um, post like kind of rave um, days and they go on a drug trial where the drug trial goes extremely wrong um, and we shot down in this um, amazing ho uh, hotel in uh, Margate uh, called the Wimpool hotel so basically it's it's so dated um but so amazingly lent itself well to the script um so it was it was just great to kind of have those have had that the base of that hotel and then we kind of just highlighted and kind of like made it more weirder than it actually was so it was a really nice kind of like and i've seen i've seen the uh, short film twice now and like it's just really beautiful they've done amazing stuff with the sound on it um the music's great uh david who done the costume for it done an amazing job with the costumes like taking it back to 1996 um so yeah it was a really fun and overall like kind of amazing project but it was crazy because the i mean the days that we were filming do you mean we were shooting crazy like the schedule was so super tight um, and I think like, I think two days out of the four, we shot 16 hour days and it was just, it was a long, long haul, but it was such a great crew that was involved. There was no kind of like, everyone was in it just to deliver and it kind of really, really paid off. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen it. It's a really fun short film. Um, I particularly enjoyed when things started to go a bit crazy, <laughs> um, yeah. as, as you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, and all the horror kind of comes out. Yeah. The guys that um, 
the, the post house they they done like amazing work uh unit i mean they've done amazing work and it's such it's it's really nice kind of like little subtle parts like um like there's a scene where uh rafferty law is like running down the hallway and the uh, the bookcase kind of like just starts sliding behind him so they've done all that in post and it's just it's amazing what they've done I think they've done. I think they've done the job free of charge. Um, but they've just done an amazing job because they really like Chris, the director, and they kind of believe him. So they just they put all the the hard work into it, and it's really really paid off. Amazing. Well, I, I wish I wish it all the best, and hopefully all the festivals will still be going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So um, you know, we're in this obscure quarantine phase of our lives mm-hmm. um what are you doing to kind of stay artistically sane and um yeah how are you filling your days i guess yeah so well i'm not gonna lie the the first uh week or two i was in a real kind of wobble i think like i think it's one of those things that when you get told you can't do something and you can't physically do something about kind of getting out to do your work or to um be creative you kind of start going you go into that weird kind of world where you're like okay so how long is this going to last for and you're like and you constantly keep on asking yourself these questions and you're like okay and then yeah I think I if I was true true to myself I struggled for the first week two weeks and then and then you start putting yourself around like right okay so what do I want to do so uh, weirdly I started off with baking um I think like I always find kind of like cooking and baking is quite therapeutic and it's quite arty as well. If you want, if you want it to be arty, you can be quite arty with, with your baking. So that was my first part. And then, um, and then I've been wanting to make these lamps for, I I can't even tell you how long. So the idea around them is just like a very basic concrete um, pillar um, base uh, with a copper pipe uh, running through it. Um, and then so I've ordered some lovely like flex and some lovely like kind of lampshade, uh, just just the um, the lamp, uh, the bowl holder, and then uh, some lovely filamental bulbs to go in with them. And yeah, so the, I've really just pumped myself into that. Um, and lucky enough, my partner's got a shop which I can expose and kind of get them out so people to show them. Um, but yeah, I just took my first order for one today. Oh, amazing. And what's what's the shop called? So the shop's called Green East. Um, oh. It's a, a pl- indoor plant shop um, in Leighton. Um, yeah, so he does like lovely kind of um, household plants. Um, he handpicks kind of lovely pottery. Um, he makes his own uh, artwork in there as well. He does his lovely box frames. I mean, again, like it's very nice. It's quite a nice place if I want to get out of the apartment. I mean, mm. obviously, we still got that. We still got the shop down the road, and obviously, it's closed at the moment. But me and him can take ourselves down there. It's a lovely big open space. We've got a big table in the middle, and we just sit down there and we just like just start being creative and kind of coming up with ideas and things that we can do to one make in there or like to produce or like kind of what 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 we can do to keep ourselves sane and going. <laughs> I mean it sounds like a brilliant space to be in yeah. and to be creative yeah no I, extremely lucky do you know I mean it's it's um and also like obviously it's surrounded by plants so you kind of feel very kind of ease very kind of like chilled out in there and it's got obviously the glass big glass front so I mean not that our flats um 
our apartments like tiny or like dark or dingy do you know what I mean but I think it's that whole thing of like kind of just getting out of a space for like I mean we just go down there for like two three hours do you know I mean like kind of like two three hours down there feel like you've done something come back home home safe sound and all that kind of stuff and then we're we're good okay so bring it back to commercials um you're often working with agencies and sometimes clients um of like occasionally directly um how do you go about working with agencies and you know what's your tips and tricks for that yep i think um obviously it it's it's quite a big thing so obviously we all know the the process or if we don't know the process i'll just quickly go through it so obviously the director does the pitch for the job and then obviously they win the pitch then uh, obviously we start being brought on board as a production designer uh, or costume designer in my case as well um and it's about working obviously closely as we can to the um the treatment uh the the picture that's been won um and obviously with commercials you've got that um process where we ha- then have to have uh, we the agency is involved and then obviously the agency work directly with the client so it's this real fine balance of like kind of a pleasing what everyone wants so um the clients obviously worked with the agency for a while and then we're possibly the new person that's coming on board in in the world of them to create their piece the the commercial for them so it's quite a tough one in a way that there are very um, strong, should we say, strong-headed people in agencies who want to have their voice um, heard. Um, but I think the way of me managing this now, and, and like it's been a process that I've had to learn, is okay. I understand how things can develop and things can change from the treatment that we put forward. But I always have that kind of com- that conversation that. Um, and sometimes it's a, it's an easy conversation. Sometimes a little bit of a harder conversation with the director producer agency into being like, okay, so this is what we pitched on, and this is where the designs go in. And it, it's it's always that case of sometimes something could be thrown back in your face and be like, no, this is not what we want. And it's like, well, this is what was on the treatment, and this is the the route that we were going. Um, so it's just that it, I think with it, I used to get quite upset and quite. Um, uh, not irritate. Uh, it was just an irritation. Do you know what I mean it was just like, well, this is what we were designing, and we're going off on a on another avenue on this. Um, so I think it's I've now kind of sorted like kind of working with the agency and just being like, okay, what is it that we want to change, and how we would, how do we want to change it? And obviously working with the director and having the producer on board as well. Um, it's it's just about kind of keeping them happy. Do you know what I mean and kind of like just a, like a pleasing the agency, keeping them like kind of, but still having your kind of your goal and your kind of uh, we've got the treatment, we know what we want to do. But it's about kind of keeping that all in the all in the same world and kind of keeping it running. You know when things are mentioned last minute, I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of sadly how things have become. And I've done many a dash to. Ikea or uh, you know a quick Amazon order um, but how do you how do you respond to 
What's the best way of responding to quick changes in concepts or developments? Um, well, I think, as you said, you mean it is is a case that you um, you I mean the way that I kind of run run commercials mainly is okay. So once we have everything signed off, um, we have our selects and like basically, for example, let's go. I I done a Appletina cheese commercial, and. Um, we had obviously everything's being served on plate, plates and like in in cookware and tables and different table services. Um, so we had everything signed off. Everything was one hundred percent signed off. Perfect. Went to the shoot day. Um, so we were shooting on over two days, and like on the first day, it was like kind of run completely smooth as it should have done. Went to completely schedule. And then on the second day, when there was like kind of issues that kind of then started to arise, where um, agency got involved and said, "Oh, I think this would be good on a yellow plate." And I was like, "Well, if you look over our plate selections and where we had everything signed off, there's no, there's no yellow. Do you mean there's? We've got black plates, we've got blue plates, we've got green plates, we've got every other color plate but yellow. And yellow was never in the original treatment, nor was it ever flagged at, at pre-production." the PPM um and I think it's just about then obviously you're on the spot on that day that they want that and I think it's it, it, it's that fine line of just being okay if it is accessible then let's let's go and get it but if it's not accessible let's not go and get it and I think the second day was a true true vision to that so basically the minute I turned around and said, okay, I will send an assistant out quickly to Habitat to go and get you yellow plates. Is there anything else that we need for the day? And to her point, she was like, no. So um, that was that. We went off, we got the yellow plates, but then obviously then comes more requests, more requests, more requests, more requests. And, and I have to just be a strong person because I can't have my crew running around left, right and centre to go and get things. I was like, I did ask you, but there was anything else you said no. And this is all we've got now, unfortunately. And obviously, I think if you start saying yes as well, you um, you run into the problem where you'll then have a budgetary issue. And then that's another conversation that you have to go in, that like you have to go into the producing, but like, okay, we're going to be over budget because they've requested this. And it's just about working out those, those balances really. And... Um, yeah, as I, I think, as I said before, I used to be a yes boy, but now I'm very, I'm very kind of mellow. I take things, I don't think, I don't take things to heart, and I don't get angry. I don't get upset. I'm just like, okay, this is this is it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good way of being because essentially, at the end of the day, they have a vision, and you've just got to work to it. And it's just the slight frustration of having to adapt, but you know, it's essentially they know bits that you we might not know exactly all, you know but then i also understand that, that that they might kind of think something looks good on but the reason that we have uh, pre-production and the reason like obviously with these like kind of food shoots as well you have everything placed up the day before the shoot so everything's placed up photos are taken so that all gets put into a document and then that gets sent off to the client to be signed off and everything's signed off. So you, you just you just automatically think, okay, I don't need to go out and get a yellow plate and I don't need to go and get this. But then obviously on the day it comes up and you have to see whether it's feasible or not. Mm. So do you think, I mean, would you go as far to say it's worth having an assistant who also has buying experience on set with you? Or 
uh, or maybe the first ever shoot having a petty cash buyer in your team? Um, or do you think, you know, hopefully it's not necessary, I guess? Well, it's, I think it's, uh, it depends on, on the size of your crew. and But I mean, like with with my team and my crew, I like to kind of give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I know that shouldn't be really the thing, but I'm just like, okay, so if I see a vision, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very quick to be like, okay, pull a, pull a image up. This is something I kind of want to get. And then they can go and, go and research where they can find it. And but yeah, I mean, on, on set, I mean, it, I think it's different when you're on set and you need something straight away. It's kind of like, it almost needs to be like kind of instant and kind of, you, you do need someone there with you who understands what it is you want without you going too much into depth with it Mm. yeah I mean there is such a thing as asking too many questions sadly (laughs) exactly well the thing is well the reason that is obviously when you're on set is because it's a panic do you know what I mean because you're you're specifically being sent out to bring something back to go straight onto camera and it's, it's just like you don't obviously you don't want to mess up you don't want to come back with the wrong thing and like no that's wasn't what i was talking about do you mean so it's it's uh, I, I don't know i think it's with with my with my crew and my team do you mean they kind of understand what i like and what i don't like and my vision i believe um so they kind of know what what i would not like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's um it's something that i've discussed on previous um things and it's often about taste and um knowing someone's taste is quite a hard thing to to get immediately but um often you end up working with the same people multiple times because they kind of get your vibe i -hmm. guess yeah totally i mean but obviously there's there's that that's there's that element of it obviously your your immediate crew but then also you've got to try and get in the heads of the the client the agency director do you mean it's kind of like of course, you you got you got so many different opinions on one thing? Do you mean it's it's it, it's it's about being like and the thing is and that's why I don't like it that much on being swung on me on the day because it's quite a difficult thing to them react to because um, you can't stand there and have conversations or disputes about a plate when it's when you've got everyone there you've got the client involved you've got the agency involved you've got the director involved if it was put in a picture and put on the ppm and it gets refused then you're you're like okay fine that's been refused it's done do you mean let's forget about that but it's it's on the day i'm i'm very kind of like and that's why i don't like to say yes too many times on the day because it's just like you can then run into those problems where you think you're doing yourself um good by running out and getting everything you could actually be doing yourself harm because you're like coming back with the wrong stuff and it's still an ongoing issue or then they request something else. So it's just about, as long as I know that I've had, had I've got everything covered in the P, for the PPM and the PPM meeting and stuff signed off, then I know that I've done my part of the job and then anything else other than that is a, is a addition or kind of a, a bonus if we can get it. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and to speak to me and everyone else listening. And thank um, you for having yeah, me. All the best for the rest of this isolation period. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Max. The show's intro was composed by Sam McGrail, mixed by Max Bloom. 
and the artwork was created by Alec Jagodzinski.